Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Brian Bowers, and I'm here to introduce a new podcast that we're going to be bringing forward. It's called the People of the Covenant Podcast. Comprised of myself and my friend Dennis Robbie. We both are longtime friends, brothers in Christ. And we're looking forward to the opportunity to be able to meet with you ever so often and discuss matters of faith, things that affect us in terms of walking faithfully before our God. We plan to cover a lot of different areas, things that affect us in the here and now, and of course, bringing scripture to bear upon those particular things. We're planning on covering a wide variety of subjects, and we just believe that it's to our advantage to take the opportunity to be able to use every medium possible um, to be able to to strengthen each other in the faith. And that's what we look forward to doing uh, through this podcast. We hope that you'll tune in. So I'm going to turn it over to Dennis and let him introduce himself. Dennis? Absolutely. My name is Dennis. As Brian said, we've been friends for many years now. Uh, we've been um, uh, met probably what uh, going on over over 10 years probably 11 12 years or so ago yeah, and um done many many things together i uh, went to uh, similar churches we're part of the same church right now um and by god's grace uh god united us in a very unique way even just in the way we think about scripture and the way we look at the world the way we apply scripture and uh, and it's just a blessing uh, to to have that type of relationship and uh, that probably is one of the reasons that led to um, us wanting to do something like this and to do it together just because we um, we have a bond there uh, in how we look at the world and how we look at the christian faith and uh, we have a desire to uh, to teach others and uh, talk to talk to others about it. And, uh, so what we want to do just in this in this first introductory video is, like Brian said, just introduce ourselves, introduce the podcast. So what we'll do is just uh, have a time of short little testimonies, and then go into some kind of introductory material, and and then we'll probably end it there for this video. Yeah. So yeah. Brian, if you want to start. Absolutely. Absolutely. So testimonies are, are a peculiar thing. They could become as short or as long as as time will permit. <laughs> um, but I'm going to attempt to keep this uh, relatively short. Um, but it, in order to kind of give you a kind of a, a, a view of how I've arrived here, so to speak, um, I do want to go back to my childhood where um, I did I was raised in the church, as we call it. Myself, my brother, and my sister went to church pretty much on a regular basis. We grew up in a small town called Stilton, very tightly knit city, borough outside of Harrisburg. Some of you who may stumble upon this video probably are from there. Stilton is a very unique town in which people bond very closely together. Um, during the time period I was growing up, sports was a very central part of the um, culture of, uh, of Stilton. 
And um, as for myself, my family, a large portion of my family on my father's side lived in Stilton. In fact, many of the households were blocks away from one another. I could walk around the corner to my uncle's house, up the street to my cousin's house. Um, so it was a very close, tightly knit family environment, so to speak. As I grew up, we, we moved out of Stilton. Um, we moved to Susquehanna Township. Some of you are listening and you're not gonna know what these places are, but um, I'll try my best to kind of give you a view as to their importance. And I guess um, we should we should probably say too the uh, where we're located. Uh, we're in Harrisburg, yeah. Pennsylvania. Yeah, that that would be helpful. <laughs> Thanks, Dennis. So when when my family moved to Susquehanna Township, it, it became very apparent to me that church was a lot more had a lot more to. There was a lot more to it than just simply showing up on a Sunday morning. And I am grateful for the um, background, the, the, the exposure to the gospel that I received and was given the opportunity to make a lot of decisions for myself. In fact, right around the time period in which my father and mother divorced, a few years after that, I found myself moved, I, I moved back to Stilton. I actually lived with my grandmother the last couple of years of my high school um, life. Um, so I was a 16 year old living under the roof of my grandmother who was up in years. And I literally had the ability to do just about anything I wished at that point in my life. Um, school always came easily to me. I didn't study, barely did homework. I would just go in, take my tests, and I would do just fine. So you were but, pretty much an average student. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I didn't learn much. <laughs> I, I, I knew what the answers to the tests, but it was a, it was a very difficult time period for me because um, this is the time period where you start to figure out what you're going to do with your life. Um, this is the time period where you really start to formulate what manhood is. And quite frankly, all those things are missing. I, I really kind of strung it all together as best as I could. And um, within a very short period of time, I really made a mess of things. Graduated from high school, really just wasted scores and scores of years of time. I lived in Philadelphia for a little while and DC for a little while for no reason. I just was simply looking for the next party. And that's basically how I spent much of my 20s, um, just basically partying, um, DJing in clubs. A lot of times I would be in clubs maybe three, two or three nights a week at least. Um, that was my life. And um, so I didn't grow. You don't grow during those time periods. And that's, that's a very bad equation, be in your 20s and not start to grow and figure out what it means to be an adult and to be a man. During that time period, I became a father. I, get, I became a father at the age of 19. So college was out of the question at that point. Not that I was interested anyway. 
<laughs> but um, I really made a mess of my life in a very short period of time, in a very short window. But I always held on to this, this idea that I was a good kid. I was a good person. Um, I had much, many people um, reinforced this idea of how good of a guy I was. And I believed it for many years in spite of, uh, I can't even go into all the details of how wretched of a man I was. For many years, I had no relationship with my child at all. So long story short, during this time period in my 20s, I uh, was trying to just kind of pay bills. And um, I had a job that really didn't pay much. I was DJing at clubs in the evenings to make ends meet. And which is really strange because I had family all around me. Um, it's not as if I couldn't have gone back to, to live with one of my parents, but I was too hard-headed, stubborn, and liked my freedom too much to do so. So I was getting ready to be put out on the street <laughs> as a result of not being able to, to um, pay my bills. And this is the time period in which I refer to where God just simply wore me down. He... I guess you could say, for me, that was the closest thing to a famine <laughs> um, for me. Well, I, I realized that I had made a mess of my life and I couldn't do anything to fix it. But most importantly, I began to ask myself some questions. And I, now I know that those questions were not prompted by my intelligence, my um, brilliance, none of those things can be attributed to me asking questions about my future and about my eternity, except for God. During those time periods, um, I can't point to a specific day, um, but all I know that is that I got to the point where I just, I had to make my way back to church. And that's what I did. I went back to church. All throughout this time period, God was impressing upon me the fact that that Christ was Lord, that I needed a savior, and that I would die in my sins if he did not rescue me. Once again, I can't point to the day in which that took place. All I know is that it did take place over time and eventually um, came to faith. And um, I'm not gonna go into the second section of, of this um, testimony I figured we could save that for another period of time in terms of how Dennis and I met, but many things will take place during that time period in which God would um, steer me and guide me into truth. But long story short, I came to faith gradually. God subdued me, caused me to see that I was a sinner in need of grace that only can be found at the foot of the cross where Christ was crucified and ultimately resurrected. Mm. Do you want to share it all just quickly where you're at right now, just with, with church Absolutely. here? Absolutely. So the church where I was saved would be best described as your typical mainline Baptist church. I started to learn 
I was introduced to the doctrines of grace um, through a rather unconventional method, <laughs> um, just through studying with a couple of close friends. And um, as a result of learning what I currently believe at this point um, regarding the doctrines of grace, I ended up leaving that church. Actually, there was a couple other reasons too that will always remain behind the veil. Um, but my wife and I, we left and we ended up at a small church in Susquehanna Township. It was actually located in um, the basement of a firehouse. And we were there for many, many, many years. That's where Dennis and I met. And um, after many years there, God saw fit to move, actually both of us, to the church where we uh, currently um, um, are a part of uh, in, in Harrisburg. It was a sister church that's related to the church that where we, where we had originally met. Right now, I'm, I'm thankful that you know, I'm growing in grace. I'm an elder at the church where I attend. And, um, you know, I'm just thankful for the people that God's placed in my life um, that have helped me to grow and continue to help me to grow and, and, and uh, walk this, uh, this Christian, live this Christian life. Amen. Uh, well, I'll go shortly too. Um, I am originally from the country of Ukraine, um, born and uh, partly raised my childhood there. Uh, my parents, our whole entire family moved here in 98. And I've pretty much been in this area uh, ever since, apart from just going, going to other places um, for different reasons. Um, but I grew up in a Christian home. It would be a Slavic Baptist uh, home, a Slavic Baptist tradition. And uh, uh, that type of that type of environment tends to be just a more more traditional environment, more uh, fundamental environment in their approach to uh, Christianity. Uh, but I would say definitely the, the gospel, the gospel was there, uh, probably in a more moralistic uh, way, uh, more legalistic way than it should have been, but it was there. So I would uh, definitely say I grew up in the church from that perspective. I praise God for what the for, for what the Lord has taken me through for, uh, in uh, being in that context, being taught uh, scripture. Uh, good Christian morality, I think, through that and because of that, the Lord uh, used it to protect me from drifting into worse, worse sins um, and uh, just uh, uh, sins that can really bring much destruction to life and, and future, as I'm sure every older Christian uh, that has experienced that um, looks back and and uh and and sees that and recognizes that and uh and all of our testimonies and are are definitely different from that perspective and god uses that for his for his glory Absolutely. so uh to fast forward i would say probably it really wasn't until my later teenage years that the lord really saved me 
it was, uh, it was uh, even after we moved here, uh, for those of you who are familiar with foreign communities, uh, we tend to stick together. Um, so I actually, even up until, up until probably, I want to say probably not, not even 15 years ago, I pretty much went to a Slavic church, a Slavic Baptist church, Russian, Ukrainian uh, Baptist church, uh, even here uh, in, in U.S. I was very, very involved in that, in that community, in that church and everything that I did. And it was, uh, it was a Bible study that was done at, at that church that we were going through the book of Romans that the Lord greatly used to change my life around. Uh, and um, just put in front of me really good resources, really good Bible teachers that forced me to think about my sin, about Christ, about what Christ has done, about why Christ had to do what he had to do. And, and it was really then that uh, I was introduced to Reformed theology, especially the the uh, soteriological side of Reformed theology that really just changed my thinking. And I would say about, about that time is when the Lord saved me and gave me a love for his word. And uh, about that time, I ended up then going to a Bible college, um, finished my time there, and then went on to go to seminary. And, uh, and I've been... Uh, very slowly <laughs> completing completing my seminary education. Uh, the Lord took me in different. Yeah, uh, the Lord took me in a di couple different directions, and right now I'm a student at Reformed Theological Seminary, and I'm uh, doing their online education, and I'm loving loving every second of it. Uh, it's been very challenging, very good good for me, and uh, as as we'll we'll talk in a little bit, but was one of my motivations for for wanting to do something like this yeah. um, so that's pretty much it and then uh, in terms of church brian and i attend the same church as as he said we uh the first church that we met at which we'll go into obviously more detail in probably the next session but um that would be my first um first american church that i went to um, after I ended up leaving the Slavic church, um, for ver various reasons, but, and that, that's where, that's where Brian and I met and, uh, we've kind of, our relationship has grown, uh, s since then. And, and, uh, we'll, we'll pick up on some of those details later on, but that's kind of where we stand right now. Yeah. Um, I do want to say, just in terms of the format of this, we uh, the reason why we're doing we're doing it this way is uh, I'll just let's just be upfront. It's not because of social distancing. Like, <laughs> maybe we'll talk about some of that at a future session. But social distancing, you said this pleasing, didn't you? And Christianity don't fit together well. But you know, I had to I had to put that in there. Cause it's yeah. weird, weird times that we live in, you know. Man, you are not lying. You're not lying. So I wanted to, um, I wanted to get in 
to uh, one of the questions, introductory questions that we wanted to cover, and that is just why we're doing this podcast and what's the motivation, some of the motivations behind this this podcast. Um, I don't know if you want to start that off, Ryan. Yeah, sure. Um, it, it's hard to quantify what has led me, led us in this direction. I'll, I'll speak for myself. Um, I'm not the type that is eager to be online. <laughs> I'm not the type that has much of an interest really in projecting my thoughts to, to the world in this type of format. However, I've become increasingly compelled um, to do so because of what I see as a, a severe threat, <clears throat> excuse me, um, to the church and in the larger scheme of things, even to our country itself. And I, um, I feel like in, in times like these, the, the, the more voices that are seeking to express the truth of God, especially as it pertains to some of the situations that we find ourselves in, uh, in the church, I think it, the, the better. So that, that's, it's really that simple. I think that the things that we see on the horizon are going to require the church to not respond and react, but to be prepared for them. And that is one of my chief goals in doing this is just simply to strengthen the body in whatever way that I can. I don't see myself as some sort of, I don't have it all figured out. I don't think anyone does, but we do know what the word of God says and we're continuously growing in grace in understanding what the word of God says and, and how that applies to everyday life. And um, I think um, now is not the time to to just pretend as though everything is fine when when it appears to be we're, we're, we appear to be moving into a period where um, we really are going to have to know what we believe and why we believe it. So that's in a nutshell. That's what's motivating me. Yeah, some of the things I wanted to share was I guess my original reason and motivation for wanting to do something like this was more of just I see a I see a need in the church for a systematic study and and presentation of Christianity that lays down the foundation of what we believe and not just even and I'm not talking about just the the generics, uh, shall we say, of Christianity, but I'm, I'm really, I'm really talking about, you know, getting into the theology, understanding how the Old Testament and New Testament relates, and understanding how the covenants play a role in all that, and uh, understanding um, the the what what God is doing. And, uh, and what he has been doing and how that relates to what he's doing now and how those two connect. And uh, I know for myself, I, I would say 
I jumped into reform theology, you know, going 60 miles an hour. And, um, and that wasn't, and for, for where I was, I guess it just, that that's just what needed to happen. Cause I, cause I think for me, you know, God just needed to just beat me with a bat at 60 miles an hour and just wake, wake me up. Um, but that, I don't believe that should be the norm in the church. In the church, the norm should be uh, being grounded from, from youth uh, by, by families and the church and, and really just laying down that theological, biblical foundation um, of um, that, the, that will build, that will continue to build um, in the future. And I, that's, that's something that I didn't get when I, when I was saved. And obviously I was saved a little bit later, even though I grew up in the church. But, um, so I just, so that was one of my passions. One of my motivations just to really, really, really look at the Christian faith from a systematic approach and, and dive in a little deeper, uh, than just simply, the the basics the basic articles of faith and uh, when Brian and I were originally talking about this one of the things that we wanted to do and I think and we'll definitely be doing this apart from other mixing in other other conversations and other topics is just simply doing things like walking through the London Baptist Confession of Faith I think there's there's something beautiful about the old the the older confessions that were that were deep, that they weren't just, they, they weren't basic surface level, that they, they really dove in. Um, and I think the, probably in right now, the, the thing that really points that out is how do we understand the law of God? in light of what's going on in the culture today, in light of what's going on in the church today, how do we understand the law of God and how, and how that relates to the role of government, how that relates um, to the role of the church in, in this world. And, and those are the things that the confessions, they covered that, they dove into that. <clears throat> You know, and when was the last time you read an article of faith from a modern church that covered that? You know, and, and not that it should, not that obviously every article of faith covered that, but I think it's just a, a neat little example of where when you study the foundation and you dive in deep, uh, you, you know, maybe not, may, maybe not, you know, 12 feet, but at least go six feet. <laughs> um, in, into theology. I, I think that's good. I think that's healthy. Um, I, I think that that will be a, that's something that the church should be doing. Um, another one of my motivations was just the current, like similar to what Brian said, was the current issues in the world and their effect of the church. I mean, two in particular, I think of the whole CRT issue, the whole critical race theory issue, 
uh, how it has affected the church in a way that I'll be honest, completely caught me off guard. I well, this is actually the next the I guess the first formal topic that we will be tackling is is this issue and um, which just naturally stems from how we met and the relationship that we have and that's one of the reasons why we wanted to cover that but but yeah it's just a tidal wave that just hit the church and, and i think caught many of us um, blind to some degree and then the other issue is obviously 2020 demonstrated the the whole government overreach and government and church and the relationship and how all that works together i think the, the um, those are just two two quick examples i thought of of just current issues that we are facing we are living through that we need to be talking about um in the church um, and not just not just over there in the side somewhere. I mean, these are real issues. We need to be dealing with them. Uh, we need to be talking about them, and 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 we want to do that. We we want to we want to talk about the things that we live that we are living through. We want to be real, uh, and we believe the church needs to do that. We believe the church needs to um, live the, the church. When you come to church, we believe that you need to you need to be in an environment where that church is is living the life that that every member that came to that church is living through in in the context of what you're talking about in the context of of, of your fellowship, your conversations uh, and, and just all, all of that, what you're studying, what you're teaching. Um, it needs it needs to be real so that's uh, i think that's a passion of ours that's so that's one of the other motivations for doing this is just looking at theology applying theology to the current issues talking about how those relate and then the probably the last thing that uh really just kind of hit me lately was i I'm I'm convinced that there's gonna be there's gonna be a great need for local good local teaching. Can we just can we say hubs or groups to support the church? Uh, obviously, we're we're not we're we're not we're not the church. <laughs> we're not trying to make this into into a uh, a gathering. Um, this is just simply to to, to um, help the church and, and members and fellow believers think through some of these issues and topics. But but um, uh, the the way things are going in America, especially, uh, I mean the the cancel culture and, and all of that. We we don't know what the future is going to hold. We we don't know how many more. Um, how many more um, national level teaching opportunities or, or, or any of that is going to be available. So I think there's, there's just a growing need for men locally to stand up and to be leaders and to teach and to tackle the issues of life, the issues of scripture, the issues of theology and not be afraid to do it. 
so we also want to do that. Uh, and um, I mean, we're doing it in this format, which uh, you can argue maybe is not uh, overly local, but um, but our, I, I think I, I think our passion first and foremost is Absolutely. our local Christian community. And, and we hope and pray that that those of you that that will find this who are around us can join in in our conversation and and maybe Lord willing down the road there'll be more opportunities to to get together and and with, with some of you and 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 live life together from from that perspective Without but that. definitely I mean we we try to we try to build that build that environment in, in, in our church and we try to um, we're going to try to do that here and that's one of the passions that that we're of why why we're doing that yeah. i think that's pretty much if i can interject I just one thing i just i really really appreciated you mentioning the importance of foundational teaching i think that is so critical especially as it pertains to where the church is at this cur current period of time. Mm. I think one could argue that a lot of what has gone perhaps off the rails regarding the challenges in the church right now, I think it has a lot to do with just a kind of a slow drifting away from really making it your business to be firmly rooted. Well, it looks like we had some technical difficulty. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what happened there. I, I lost you for a second there. It actually happened a uh, couple times before when you were when you were talking. You went blind okay. for a little bit. I'm not sure if that's what's going on. Um, well, but we'll keep we'll, We'll we'll keep rolling and we'll we'll figure some stuff out and uh, yeah. we'll we'll try to make it better. Yeah, we'll try to make it better as as we go. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, you're you're. I think you're absolutely right, Brian. I mean, um, having that foundation laid um, is so crucial, and I I think the church. I heard. Um, I heard one speaker say recently at a conference that the church has been sleeping because we've been so comfortable and and to some degree 2020 was was almost you can argue God's wake up call um, to us and go what what's going on you know but um, but we thought we were a Christian nation. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about that yeah yeah and so yeah just having that foundation to help us think through uh, anything that life brings and to think through it biblically i mean that doesn't mean that you're going to have answers to every question obviously but i think having and this is something for me that i've been trying to really wrestle through having a consistent, historical, just solid theological 
perspective on scripture. Um, I'll uh, I'll say for myself at least that's that's one of the reasons why um, I've de I've definitely definitely been spending the time and studying covenant theology and its implications and its beauty and its consistency and and uh, and I think that that has definitely challenged me in, in many of these of these things for for good. Um, but it looks like our time's actually going to expire here in five minutes. So I just wanted I wanted to say quickly, just just so people know where we're at. I think I think it's important, right? I mean, we are reformed believers, definitely reformed in our soteriology. Um, we are not Presbyterian. We don't baptize infants, and uh, you shouldn't either. Um, so we would be uh, for those for those who who are who would want to know where we stand would definitely be in the Reformed Baptist tradition, hence the uh, London Baptist Confession of Faith. Uh, but uh, absolutely, I mean, we, we recognize the beauty and all of the good historical confessions that, that the church has produced. Yes, indeed. Uh, and the Westminster Confession being one of them, absolutely. So uh, I think it's important just to know where we're coming from um and, and and where where we stand um ge generally speaking absolutely and in, ter in terms of the name people of the covenant uh there's a spin on that that we'll probably hit <laughs> hit on next time of poc we'll talk about that um but i think covenant is a very important biblical theme so that's uh, one of the reasons why I really like that, and we are people of the covenant, we're people of God's, Absolutely. of God's covenant. Absolutely. By the grace of God. Amen. Amen. I really appreciate this, and I hope that uh, those that get a chance to tune in, I hope that uh, we will um, have many more opportunities um, to spend time together in the future. Uh, Dennis, is there anything you want to say before we uh, wrap this up? No, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, thanks, guys, for joining us for this first introductory video. Uh, like we said, we'll probably start tackling uh, the issue of critical race theory and, and the issues surrounding that as our first, first topic. Um, so most likely you'll find the next video on that. But thanks again for joining us. We hope to... Um, we hope to have an online presence of some sort, so we'll get the videos out there and uh, definitely pass it along. And and uh, we hope that it will benefit the church as much as as much as the Lord allows it. Yeah, for sure.